T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. a good idea have a point it makes it so much more interesting for the listener welcome to at your service brad young in with you this evening until eight o'clock or till eight o'clock listen to me no i'm gonna be i'm gonna be on for 24 hours it's gonna be a radio marathon no it's only gonna be until 10 o'clock what i meant to say is i've got enough stuff to talk about tonight that we could go 24 hours but we won't do that uh, because, uh, you know, people got to sleep, eat, and go to work. So in any event, I'll be with you till 10 o'clock just to make sure that the record is clear. Hey, thanks for uh, staying up late with us tonight. This is a lot of fun. This is one of the highlights of my week. I get to come in. I get to talk about interesting things, and I get to talk to interesting people just like you. We've got an interview coming up in the next segment, but, of course, the rest of the show uh, will be uh, open lines. We'll be talking about lots of topics but I always love to hear from you. I always like to hear also from uh, Matt Pajeski. Matt, good to see you, sir. Good to see you too, Brad. So, of course, yesterday was Halloween. And uh, how was uh, Halloween festivities at the Pajeski household? Well, my Halloween was great, Brad. Thank you for asking. I always go back to my parents' house to visit because they do Halloween bigger than anybody else I've ever seen. Like how? Give us some examples. So I, 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 I'm partly responsible for this too because I, I go over there and I help help them build it up. They uh, they do homemade tombstones and put them in the front yard, bought some uh, metallic fencing to, to go along the, the yard to uh, make it look like a cemetery. Mm-hmm. Skeletons climbing through the windows on the roof. Scarecrows. On the roof? Yeah, yeah. There's there's a lot of a lot of homemade props, and uh, we invite all the neighbors and all of our family, and the whole block pretty much shows up at our at our driveway on Halloween night. It's a, it's a big party. That's impressive. Yeah, it's fun. So uh, who now? I'm sure in years past you got roped into putting up a lot of this stuff. Well, it, I've never felt that I was roped into it. I've always enjoyed it every time. I, okay. Halloween might honestly be my favorite holiday. <laughs> I just I love I love October. I love the scary movies. Mm-hmm. I love Halloween. Oh, yeah? I love dressing up as a kid. Uh, it's just it's just a great time. Yeah, my uh, my wife and I watched uh, this week. I, and I'm shocked I've never seen it before. The movie Sleepy Hollow. Oh my gosh, I love that movie. I was, I you know that that movie came out. My wife and I had kids at home. We just didn't, we didn't go out and see a lot of movies, but that was an amazing movie. It was a murder mystery wrapped in a scary enigma. Mm-hmm. Johnny Depp was very, um, he played it in an understated way. It was not Jack Sparrow here. He played it very straight as an investigator. I I just I thought how could I have never seen this movie before? Yeah, the entire just 
atmosphere of that movie, I think, is so great. It's just, it's so dark and somber. It's, it's a Tim Burton movie, and if you know anything about Tim Burton, he really makes those dark, but but not too dark, but family-friendly sort of uh, Halloween-like movies. And Christopher Walken's also in that. He plays the yes. vampire, or he plays the Headless Horseman. He yeah. does a great job in it as well. It's just an all-around great movie. I love that one. Yeah, the only thing that disappointed me was Christopher Walken had no lines. Yeah. And, he and snarled I a bit. He snarled. That's all he did. He snarled. And I thought, I love Christopher Walken. I wish he would have talked, but he, he didn't. But but anyway, back to back to your Halloween at the Pajeski household. So when, when people come by, um, what what's some of the best costumes, not necessarily just this year, but what costumes come to mind that you remember as being just fantastic costumes? Well, I, I think one of the best ones I did see this year um, it's it's kind of hard to describe, but it's it's the the costume makes it look like you are being kidnapped by an alien. So there's like an inflatable alien that you step into, and really the alien looks like it's it's like behind you, grasping onto you. And you know, obviously you're not you're you're controlling the arms and legs of the alien, but your mm-hmm. your head's sticking out in front of the alien, so it looks like you're being taken away by an alien. It just I thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> it's hard it's harder to describe. I guess, no, 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 no I get it. I get it. I loved it. I thought it was pretty funny. Well, the the one that makes me laugh. And, and I must have seen like five of these this week, and that was, it's the one where the, the kids are they're dressed up in like a T Rex. Yeah. All right. And the way that thing runs, it just cracks me up when the kids are running in a T Rex. I I don't know why. I mean, T Rexes are supposed to be, you know, ominous and scary, but when you put a little kid in a costume, it just looks ridiculous and makes me laugh. Yeah. We had a couple T Rexes last night. Oh yeah. Yep. It's a popular costume, apparently. It, it, it is. But I got I, I got to tell you this. Best costume I've ever seen was this. This was several years ago. But I saw this person at a, at a Halloween party. And it was a woman. And she had, you know, when you were a kid, did you ever get those little bitty boxes of cereal? That, that just single serving yeah. size or a little piece of cardboard. You know, cardboard box, you open it up, there's a mm-hmm. plastic package, and it's one serving of, of cereal. So they had a bunch of those glued all over this outfit. And then they were carrying a knife. I get it. I and I said, it. what are you? And they said, I'm a serial killer. I got it. I just, that, to me, that's a standout. You know, it's not anything that it's you... clever. It's clever. Another one that's, pops into my head after okay. you said that. Uh, I think it was a husband and wife couple. They had... Uh, I think I believe it was the wife had Smarties taped to her pants. Mm-hmm. She was a smart. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. The husband had Dum Dums <laughs> uh, taped his pants. So you can infer yes. what that costume was. Yes. Yes, I can. And it, it, it's interesting. The guy's always the Dum Dum. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why that is, but uh, that, that seems to always be the case. Hey, we're going to take a break here when we come back. I, I wanted to talk about because obviously in the in the news, one of the dominant stories continues to be in uh, in Hamas, with Hamas and, and Israel. And one of the continuous critiques that I've been hearing about Israel is that they are somehow uh, trampling on the civil rights of Palestinians. So I reached out to an expert on this topic to talk about, is Israel really abiding by the legal standards of how war should be Conducted. So we're going to talk to Cully Stimson next from the Heritage Foundation. You're going to want to stick around for this, and then we'll have the phone lines open after that to discuss how you think Israel's doing when it comes to defending itself from Hamas. Brad Young at your service. We've got more right after this on Camo X. 
We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives they bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are so let instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date download the instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last minimum ten dollar per order additional term supply after the end of a good fight you deserve an ice cold reward Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Welcome back to At Your Service, Brad Young in this evening. And if you've been following the Israeli response to the Hamas terrorist attack in any way, shape, form, or manner, you'll know that the biggest complaint now, uh, even in the mainstream media, against Israel is how Israel is responding to this terrorist attack. And and even saying it like that, uh, many members of the media are refusing to call it a terrorist attack. Uh, But nevertheless, the response that Israel has mounted is coming under criticism. And so when I read this article this week from uh, Cully Stimson, he's at the Heritage Foundation. He's a leading expert in national security, homeland security, immigration, and drug policy at the Heritage Foundation. I wanted to talk to Mr. Stimson because I wanted to break down and find out how or if Israel is really violating any international standards when it comes to warfare or self-defense. Cully Stimson, welcome to KMOX. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah, you, your, your article intrigued me because in the response that we've been seeing from Israel to Hamas, and by any stretch, I talked about this last week, uh, Cully, when I was talking about the legal definition of terrorism and how literally everything that Hamas has done meets any legitimate definition of terrorism. So when you see Israel responding, let's talk generally, and then I want to get into specifics. What have you noticed generally up to this point about how Israel has responded to the Hamas terror attacks? Well, we know that uh, there's compulsory military service in Israel for men and women, And we know that part of their training includes training on the Geneva Conventions. And we know that every member of the IDF, the Israeli Defense Forces, understand the four basic principles of the law of war, distinction, proportionality, military necessity, and limitation. And we know that they work really hard to comply or exceed, uh, exceed the limitations. 
And we also know the other part, that Hamas doesn't give a damn about the rules. Mm-hmm. And what they did on the 7th was beyond a grave breach of the Geneva Conventions, beyond despicable, and so, sort of something like you'd see in a concentration camp mm. from Nazi Germany against the Jews. It was despicable. Well, you, you mentioned four basic principles of the law of war. And first of all, I think people would be shocked to know that there is actually something called the law of war. But you mentioned four yeah. things that I, I, that I want to pick up on. You mentioned distinction, proportionality, military necessity, and limitation. So before we dive into those, tell us generally, what is the law of war? Yeah, so it's that body of law. Uh, most people have heard of the Geneva Conventions, and that's sort of a typical example of what the codification of this law of war is. But it's international humanitarian rules agreed to by countries that if they get into either an international armed conflict, country against country, or a non-international conflict, a country against a terrorist organization, that these are the basic baseline rules that you're going to follow. It started really um, – you know, after World War II, well, actually, it started in the 1860s mm-hmm. with the first Geneva Convention. Uh, there's a guy named Henry Dunant, who was a Swiss citizen who wrote a book, uh, and that book spurned some people uh, to pull together representatives from other countries in the late 1860s, and they put together the first Geneva Convention, which really dealt with how you treat soldiers who you captured from the other side. Right. And, you know, people watch war movies, you know, that there's things called prisoner of war. And so think of things like that. So there's prisoners of war, how you deal with captured combatants. There's how you deal with captured civilians. That fact that you have to distinguish between a civilian who's innocent and a combatant who's a lawful target and other rules like that. And so now we have the Geneva Conventions, which were ratified by almost 200 countries in 1949. There's additional rules on top of it. But every single thing Hamas has done has been a violation of those rules. Every right. single thing. So let's look at this. I'm going to break these down because I, I love your analysis. I found your analysis not only compelling but fascinating in terms of how you applied uh, these four basic ideas, distinction, proportionality, military necessity, and limitation – to this current conflict. Now, again, we're talking to Charles Cully Stimson. Uh, he's with the Heritage Foundation. He's a leading expert in national national security and homeland security. And I appreciate him taking time out of his busy schedule to talk to us this evening. So, uh, Mr. Stimson, distinction. You kind of mentioned this a moment ago. Uh, you said it's the distinction between military combatants and civilians. But it goes beyond right. that, doesn't it? Yeah, it does go beyond that. And I, you know, I didn't learn this from a book. I learned this in my 30 years in the Navy as a judge advocate general, uh, deployed with the Navy SEALs, stationed overseas during the Bosnia conflict. And you sort of pick these things up and you specialize in that. And so distinction is the key principle here. And, and yes, you have to, you have to um, make sure that you're not purposefully targeting a civilian uh, or civilian population, and you have to distinguish between a combatant and a civilian. Now, that's great when you're country against country and both sides are wearing their uniforms, carrying their arms openly, wearing a distinct insignia, but Hamas doesn't do that. They slither 
they're mm-hmm. way through the civilian population. They hide behind civilians on purpose. They know, uh, and in fact, don't give a damn about Palestinians at all. They use them as human shields. Uh, but they also know that there's no longer really a battlefield like you would you know, expect in, in France or in England during World War II or things like that. The battlefield is wherever the enemy is, and they purposefully squirrel and slither the way into Gaza City and put their command headquarters under hospitals and things like that. So the sure. battlefield and the lines are blurred, but it's still a requirement that both sides follow the rule of distinction. And, and what I think it's interesting here, as you pointed out in your article at the DailySignal.com, is is that while Israel is is abiding by this idea of distinction when it comes to their response to the terrorist attack, Hamas has no compulsion or desire to follow that basic principle of the law of war of distinguishing between civilians and military combatants. Well, it's a little more blunt than that. They purposely went after civilians, Yes, tortured them, ripped babies out of mother's wombs, beheaded people. I mean, this is Joseph Mengele stuff from World War II. This is despicable. So, so they turned distinction on its head. They went after civilians, mm-hmm. um, whereas, you know, as, as, as Colonel Eli Baron, who was the number two JAG, Judge Advocate General in the IDF, uh, who came to Heritage a few years ago, and I had the privilege of hosting him, you can see on this Daily Signal article, this is him talking about how IDF goes above and beyond uh, mm-hmm. the rule, uh, which requires one to distinguish between combatants and non-combatants. Mm-hmm. The, the other point of those four points that you mentioned is proportionality. Uh, what does yeah. proportionality mean? So that, you know, look, this is, I think, one the media totally gets wrong, and they don't understand it. Either they don't understand it or they purposefully obfuscate it. Uh, because, you know, as we've seen, anti-Semitic bias is out there, and it's really despicable. Proportionality does not mean if the other side kills 10 people, you can only kill 10 people. But that's sort of the way it's described. Uh, you know, well, I mean, Israel's gone, you know, way overboard. Really? You mean that it, since Hamas only killed 1,300 innocent civilians, Israel can only kill 1,300 Hamas people? No, that's not what proportionality is. Proportionality is a much, much different concept. It means that when an attack is expected to cause excess or collateral damage that is excessive when compared to the military advantage to be gained, because that's why you fight in a war, to gain military advantage, then the attacker can't carry out that particular attack. Mm. That's it. That's what proportionality means. And so in the context of what the IDF does is if they say, okay, we want to go after this command and control center for these Hamas savages who have slithered their way under this hospital. They drop, the IDF drops leaflets, sends texts to the Palestinian civilians there, announces that they're coming in, tells them to leave, gives them safe access somewhere else. Uh, and then, knowing that there will be a military advantage by taking out Hamas and clearing the area of civilians, then they go take out Hamas. And if the building gets knocked down, well, that's just part of war. But there's a military advantage to it. That's right. proportional. And and again, I, I'm trying to, to compare and contrast between Hamas and Israel here, because while 
Israel, as you've just laid out, abides by this rule of proportionality. Hamas observes no such limitation when it comes to proportionality. Well, they flip it on its head, again, just like they do with distinction. They intentionally and systematically endanger civilians by deliberately placing them in a line of fire, Mm -hmm. knowing damn well that Israelis are going to do everything they can to still comply with the law of war, uh, but that some civilians are going to be killed. So when you hear about the from the pro-Palestinian, which many times are just pro-Hamas people, oh, there have been 3,200 children killed. Well, number one, I don't believe the number uh, because it's coming from them. But number two, if that sad fact exists, that's on Hamas's hands. Mm-hmm. Unless right. there was a after-action report that showed that somebody on the Israeli side took the law in their own hands and engaged in a grave breach of the Geneva Conventions and violated the law of war. And in, in, in this piece I wrote, they show you <laughs> the after-action process they go through to see if their own people comply with the law of war. If they didn't, they hold them accountable. Well, Hamas and, and, doesn't do any of that stuff. Right. And, and, what's, and that, to me, again, shows a completely different mindset and a paradigm because— because Israel is saying if our if our military does not abide by these rules that you've laid out, then we're going to hold our own people accountable. And, of course, from Hamas's perspective, it was the opposite. It was, we want right. you to be as savage as humanly possible. Uh, and so there right. was no accountability. But here's the other right. thing I want to ask you about, because, again, I don't think most people know this. I've read this extensively in the past. But as you point out in your article at thedailysignal.com, that— the Israeli Defense Forces actually work with a legal department and attorneys to devise just how to make sure that we can achieve military goals while abiding by these four principles of the law of war. Yeah, all, all modern militaries do. Our military does, too. They use the services of a judge advocate general, that, which is what I was for 30 years. I briefed the SEALs when I deployed with them. Uh, and I told them what the standing rules of engagement were, and I briefed them during an operation of what, if the, if the com- commandant had a question of whether we can do this or that, I would brief them on what the actual rule of engagement was at that particular time. Um, and so all modern militaries do that. But because Israel is in a state of, uh, is on their front, fit, front, the ball of their feet because they have bad actors in their area, these people have a lot of uh, experience uh, briefing commanders all the time. Ultimately, it's the commander's responsibility to decide whether to go or not to go. It's not the JAG's job. You don't want lawyers fighting wars. You want lawyers advising war fighters about what the left and right bookends of the law are. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, I don't think that Hamas has any JAG's uh, advising no. <laughs> the savages. I don't what they think can do. so. And I'm laughing no. not because it's a comical issue, but how the absurdity of thinking right. that Hamas is going to abide by any rules, much less no. the the idea of of a legal consultant when it comes to uh, to uh, to prosecuting a war. Uh, that's just Correct. preposterous. We're we're talking to Charles Cully Stimson. He's with the Heritage Foundation. And uh, finally, uh, because I've I, I could talk about this for a very long time because I find what you wrote at the DailySignal.com to be fascinating and enlightening. But just briefly, we have two more points I wanted to cover, military necessity and limitation. Can you describe what those concepts mean under this idea of the law of war? Yeah. So 
So military necessity is what it sounds like. If there's not a military necessity for a military advantage to be gained, you can't do it. You just don't do it. And then limitation means that you're limited uh, by the constraints of your military ability, uh, and you can only do that which gains military advantage, and then you have to stop. In other words, there's a, mm-hmm. there's not a, there's not a, it's not a uh, capacious, never-ending, infinite ability to use armed force. It's just enough to get it done, and then you're done. And and That's and correct me, explain it. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I think one one of the times when that idea of limitation came, at least to my mind in my experience, was during the first Iraq War. Whenever our troops, we we had. All the tanks, we had all the forces in place. We could have easily rolled in and just literally taken over the entire country of Iraq, but we stopped short. And I know that President Bush at the time caught a lot of flack about that. Uh, But in this instance, uh, that's something that that we could have done, but we chose to limit it. Is that an example, maybe, maybe a poor example, but is that an example, nevertheless, of what you're talking about in terms of limitation? Yeah, I mean, I think that's a decent example. Remember George H.W. Bush uh, had been a pilot in World War II, the youngest Navy pilot we had. He knew as a warfighter that uh, you don't spike the football, to use a a sports analogy. Um, And so that's exactly exactly right. And uh, again, we're talking to Charles Cully Stimson uh, with the Heritage Foundation. If folks want to follow topics that you write about, and I've, I've followed your writing for a number of years, how can they find you online? Well, Twitter is at Cully Stimson. There's no P in my last name, Z-U-L-L-Y-S-T-I-M-S-O-N. Of course, you can go to heritage.org and find my stuff there. I write about a number of topics. I have a new book out called Rogue Prosecutors, How Radical Soros Lawyers Are Destroying America's Communities. That's on Amazon and Barnes and & Noble. Uh, and if you want a deeper dive on this particular topic, you can go to the Heritage website or type in Stimson AUMF, which stands for Authorization of Use of Military Force, and you read my Senate testimony, which is a much deeper dive into these four principles and how they they apply to ISIS, Al-Qaeda, and associated forces. Cully Stimson with the Heritage Foundation and writes for thedailysignal.com. Hey, thank you for joining us this evening here on Camo X St. Louis. It was a pleasure. Thank you. Great to talk to you. Hey, we're going to take a break, and I've got lots of topics to talk about tonight. But if you, what are your thoughts? Israel is getting a lot of complaints about how they're prosecuting literally the defense and the existence of their nation. Uh, the complaints are coming from the mainstream media, among other sources. What do you think? 314 436 7900 at your service here on Camo X. Don't go away. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Oh, not this. Oh, come on. It's not even Friday. I, I think uh, I think Ryan Recker, 
put uh, Matt Pajeski up to playing that. But no, actually, it's not Friday. It's Wednesday. But I did have uh, I did have a texter text in and said, uh, Wednesday evenings are the highlight of my week. It's Wednesday, Wednesday, like it's Friday, Friday, Friday. So <laughs> thank you for listening. Thank you for texting. And uh, uh, and, I, and someone else just texted in, Ryan Record Tribute, I hope. I miss him. Yes. Yes, I miss him too. In fact, I still talk to Ryan. He's up in Detroit. I talk to him uh, at least once a week, either by text or by phone. And uh, he's doing good up there and uh, misses St. Louis. And he said he's really going to miss St. Louis uh, when the winter hits because he's in Detroit. And, uh, you know, that's the kind of place where you have to go and shovel your roof. Uh, I don't, I don't want to live anywhere where you have to shovel your roof. I mean, it's... Call me a pansy. I'm sorry. I, I I don't mind shoveling my driveway. I don't mind shoveling a sidewalk, but I don't want to shovel my roof. I just uh, no. There's no circumstance where I would do that. You know what I might do though is I might put like uh, dog treats on the roof and let the dog run around. No, I wouldn't do that. I would just teasing. I don't want the dog to fall off the roof. But welcome back to at your service, Brad Young, in this evening, and I wanted to talk to. Charles Cully Stimson, because as you as you heard him describe the this law of war, I bet if you go if you go tomorrow and ask people at work, friends you see, kids that come over to visit, anyone, if you ask anyone, do you know that there's a law of war? No one's gonna know about that. So if just by listening to Camo X this evening and listening to Charles Cully Stimson from the Heritage Foundation, you learn something, that there is, in fact, a law of war. And as you learn about that, that helps you as you watch the news, uh, because obviously that's not the only war that's going on right now. Uh, we still have the law in, or the war rather uh, in Ukraine where Russia is attacking Ukraine. And now that you understand this idea of the law of war, whether it's distinction, proportionality, military necessity, or limitation, think about what you've seen this very year, or actually the last year and a half, about how Russia attacked Ukraine, firing deliberately firing missiles into civilian apartment buildings, intentionally firing missiles into hospitals that are not unlike the hospitals in Gaza that are simply being used uh, as a shield for Hamas to hide in the tunnels underneath those hospitals. There's no such activity going on in Ukraine. Russia just fires missiles at hospitals, fires missiles at uh, power generating companies and centers in order to black out the power and throw the whole country into frigid cold during the wintertime. As you now that you understand this high idea of the law of war, you can see that that Russia is as big a violator is as as Hamas, because for Russia, there's no distinction. They indiscriminately fire missiles and send drones to kill civilians that violates the principle of the law of war or even proportionality. They're attacking places that have nothing to do with what they're trying to accomplish and military necessity, meaning they're attacking civilian targets, attacking targets that have no military purpose. Russia's been doing that. And certainly there's been no limitation. In fact, I read this week that that Putin is considering a plan. Now, hear me. This is not fiction. 
This is real. Russia is considering using one of their giant rockets that they use to launch things into space, launch uh, spacecraft into space or satellites into orbit. They're thinking of using one of those that has actually uh, been used to transport Americans to the International Space Station. Use one of those giant rockets, pack it full of explosives, and then change the trajectory so instead of going into space, it comes down on Kiev and takes out the entire capital of Ukraine. Now, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but it's been widely reported that that is under consideration by Vladimir Putin. Folks, that violates every one of those laws of war. Violates every one. And I hope that Russia understands that. I hope that the world community understands that. But the other thing that's that to me is interesting as I watch, and, and I'm a very large consumer of news, and what I'm hearing now from the mainstream media is that is that Israel is is gone too far, is that they've gone too far. And one of the things that the media alleges in terms of going too far is that there are supplies that need to get into Gaza, that obviously the Israelis are heartless, that they're they're committing genocide by not allowing fuel, not allowing food, and not allowing medicine to flow into the Gaza Strip. But yet, this came out today. This was an Associated Press article, which shocked me. But that the, but the, the officials, Lebanese officials, Arab and Western officials, are all united in saying that Hamas has stockpiled tons of food, of water, and medicine, in addition to, obviously, rockets, missiles, and ammunition. So here the world is saying that Israel is uh, somehow heartless and committing genocide by not allowing food and supplies and fuel and medicine to get into Gaza. But those supplies are already in Gaza. Why isn't anyone in the international community calling on Hamas to release the food and water and medicine that's already in the Gaza Strip? Why doesn't anyone say that? Because there is a built-in bias against Israel. And we're seeing that built-in bias right now on college campuses across this country. And to me, it's uh, awful. It's despicable. However many words you want to use synonyms for to come up with something that should not be occurring. Attacks on Jews is despicable. In fact, in some places, in some places, I read that even... Uh, buildings are being tagged by the Star of David to demonstrate that Jews live in those homes. Folks, you know, today there are so many comparisons to Nazi Germany and to Hitler that that are misplaced, and so I, I really resent most of those. But if you're forcing Jewish buildings and buildings where Jews inhabit to have a gold star, a Star of David on there, folks, that's right out of the Hitler playbook, and that's not an exaggeration. That's not an exaggeration. It is equivocal. And uh, and to me, I just don't understand how the international community doesn't rise up with even more force to say, Israel, you're in the right to protect yourself, right to self-existence. And if Hamas is going to threaten that, you get to respond as long as you abide by these laws of war that they are. But why don't we call for Hamas to abide by those same four principles of distinction, proportionality, of military necessity, and limitation. And yet, 
the calls for Hamas to abide by those principles, it's basically what you're hearing are crickets, meaning no one's doing that. And to me, that's unfortunate. We have to take a break. We've got a lot of folks been texting in, and I try to respond to texts during the breaks. But uh, if you want to give us a call, 314-436-7900, call or text on the voice of St. Louis, KMOX. Welcome back to At Your Service. It's funny, that last spot, I, I told this to Matt Pajeski during the break, but we heard from Ophthalmology Associates, and I know Dr. Birdie, and he's uh, he, he's been treating me for many years. And, uh, I, and I actually talked to him this week, and I told him, I said, Doc, uh, you know, when I'm on Camo X and I hear your spots, it's impressive that you are the doctor's doctor. But I'll tell you what's even more impressive, and that's that you're the lawyer's doctor. I mean, that, that, that's more impressive because, listen, if you screw up, pal, I'm, I'm coming after you. So he laughed. He got a big kick out of it. But uh, Greg Birdie's a great guy, and I'm, this is not a paid endorsement. I'm not getting anything for it. I'm just letting you know that Birdie's a great guy, and I've seen him for many, many years. I don't know if you know this, but Halloween is a time of a lot of litigation. I mean, every time is a time for a lot of litigation. You should see my office right now. I'm, I'm really busy. So, uh, But what's interesting is there are actually Halloween, and I know it's the first, but I, I wasn't in last night, so this is the first chance I've had to talk about it. Uh, there's a lot of Halloween-themed litigation. Like, for example, right here in St. Louis, last, I think it was in June of this year, a, a court rendered a decision in a case where this person, the plaintiff, she was at Six Flags. And I don't know if you've ever been to Six Flags during uh, Fright Night. It's a big deal. Lots of people go. It's really packed. My kids love it. I've been. It's a lot of fun. And if you go there, I mean, think about it right now. If you've been to Six Flags during Fright Night, you know what it is. People jump out at you and, and make scary noises, right? I mean, you know that going into the park. They're not going to be waving daisies. They're, they're going to be jumping out. There's going to be vampires. There's going to be zombies. There's going to be monster-looking guys, and they're going to be screaming at you, and there's going to be fake blood. You know that. That's why you go there, right? So in this particular instance, the plaintiff was at Six Flags. This happened in 2019, but the case only went to trial uh, this past June uh, in, right here in the St. Louis area. And she was there for three hours, and, and during those three hours, guess what? There were things jumping out at her. People were chasing her. All the things you would expect from Fright Night. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's not called a Peaceful Night, okay? It's called Fright Night. And so these things were jumping out at her. But in one particular instance, there was a clown. And, in fact, I want to talk about this next hour, about why are we so afraid of clowns? I don't know, but we're going to dive into that next hour. But in this case from this past June at Six Flags, there was a clown that was six feet away from the plaintiff. And this clown started walking towards her. And, of course, the natural reaction, hey, listen, if a clown's coming at me, I'm out of there, right? I am taking off. I don't care if I know it's fake. I'm not sticking around. And this clown came at her. And so she ran, and when she ran, she tripped on a curb, she fell, and she got hurt. So she sued Six Flags for negligence, and she alleged that the park 
failed to maintain a safe environment. What? How, how are you expect to have a safe environment when the, the very reason that you're there is what Six Flags is giving you? It's not like they showed up and thought, you know, again, it was going to be uh, uh, an event where you're playing uh, uh, video games. You know you're going there and people are going to chase you. And so, in fact, that she'd already been there for three hours. She had experienced it. She chose not to leave. And so the court ruled, found uh, that she was not entitled to any compensation. And uh, the court further ruled that it was, and I, and I like this, that it was the park's duty. Six Flags only had a duty to, and I'm quoting, to make conditions as safe as they appear to be, unquote. I, I don't know what that means, actually. Is to make it as safe as it appears to be. So does that mean it appear it's safe as it appears to be when there's a a crazy, insane clown chasing you? Uh, I don't know. But they further ruled, and this was really the most important part of the ruling, was that the court ruled that the plaintiff, and I'm quoting, was aware of the risks that she encountered and that she expected to be surprised, startled, and scared, unquote. And because of that, because of that, she had what in legal circles is called an assumption of risk. So she assumed the risk, and by going there, she assumed the risk because she was there for three hours experiencing the very thing that ultimately caused her to get hurt. So it really drives home a very important idea, and that is every time someone gets injured doesn't necessarily mean that someone's at fault. I mean, injuries happen, things happen, uh, stuff happens, and it doesn't necessarily mean that someone is at fault because something happens. And uh, there's a whole bunch more of these types of, uh, of cases. I'll save those for later as we go through uh, the evening. But to me, I thought it was interesting that even after being there for three hours, this lady filed suit because a crazy clown chased her. What I want to hear, and the phone lines are going to be open the next hour, what interesting Halloween costumes did you see last night? What interesting Halloween traditions do you have? Do you, are you like the Pajeski household that really does up Halloween really big? Or was yours like the young household this year where we got zero trick-or-treaters except for except for a couple of drunk adults on a golf cart? That's all, that's all we had, uh, and it was very, very sad. Give us a call, 314-436-7900, and, uh, and I will tell you as we go into the break that uh, I've given this joke for years that I always think that Halloween is really the Democrats' holiday because people show up at your house, do absolutely nothing, and expect to get paid for it. 314-436-7900 on the voice of St. Louis, KMOX. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your 
vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.